0: I started my career at Diageo, uh, the global spirits um, and alcohol company. I did um, business management at university, and I knew that I liked both sales and marketing, but I wasn't quite sure where to specialize. So I wanted to get on a graduate scheme. Um, and for me, it wasn't necessarily the product that attracted me to Diageo, but actually just the culture and the approach to the interview I just got like a really good feeling about their culture right from the start um, and culture and people has always been really important to me at the start of my career so yeah that's where I kick things off.
1: Tell us a little bit more about Tony himself and how he came up with the name me
0: Yeah so Tony um, was originally, is Tun which is the Dutch name for Tony. So Tony's was started by a team of Dutch journalists in Amsterdam and they were researching a TV show called Food Unwrapped, where they delved into the food industry um, to try and kind of uncover some of the more shady things that were going on in different food supply chains. And when they were um, investigating cocoa and chocolate, they discovered that there were 2.1 million children that work illegally on cocoa farms in Ghana and Ivory Coast, which is where 60 percent of our cocoa comes from. And when Tony and, and his um, journalist... Um, team found this out they wanted to talk to the big chocolate companies straight away to see if they knew about this they wanted if they were doing anything about it and if they could work together to try and change it but unfortunately at that time none of the big chocolate companies were interested in working with them so they decided to change the industry from within and create their own chocolate bar with the mission of being 100 percent slave free and they called it tony's chocolate lonely because it was his lonely fight against inequality in the chocolate industry
1: you're on a really serious mission yet your brand um is is quite fun and in in my opinion has got like a feel of sort of like Willy Wonka uh, sort of about it with that you know that bold typeface and fantasy almost approach to it how do you balance this fun approach with the um with the slave free chocolate message
0: yeah we we always say that we are crazy about chocolate but serious about people it is a um, a really serious mission like as, as you said that we are trying to achieve But everything else we do is crazy, from the bright coloured packaging to the really unique flavour combinations, the way we talk to consumers and our Choco fans. Because we need to be as accessible as possible to get the most scale and create the biggest impact. Um, And we're a challenger brand. We like to just do things differently to everybody else. So we didn't want to just look like um, any other chocolate brand on the shelf. Um, and I think it kind of creates that nice tension, like you said, between really serious mission, but everything else being really fun and approachable, and it's it's worked for us so far.
1: Could you tell us a bit more about how the uneven segments of the chocolate um, came about?
0: Yeah, we um, so we used to be shaped kind of at the start like a normal chocolate bar, kind of straight um, straight lines, and then we decided that didn't really represent what we were about um, because. The chocolate industry isn't equally divided. Um, so we decided that our bars shouldn't be either. So the bars are very unequally divided. It's the biggest source of feedback that we get from our online reviews of people saying they're in, they love our chocolate, but they're frustrated that they can't share it equally. But that's exactly the point. The chocolate industry is not shared equally. And until the profits are shared more equally and until it's more equally divided against, um, between all the stakeholders in the chain, our bars will stay unequally divided too.
1: How are you actually encouraging other chocolate companies to become more responsible?
0: That is our biggest mission. Um, we can't change the industry alone. We say that together we'll make chocolate 100% slave-free, and that means together with consumers, with retailers, with government, and also with other chocolate, have developed our five sourcing principles, our five rules for producing slave-free chocolate, um, and those sourcing principles principles are. Openly available through what we call Tony's Open Chain, which is a website and a platform that any chocolate company or manufacturer can access to see our secrets, essentially, kind of how we do it, and therefore how they can do it. Yeah.
1: We're
0: the only ones doing this. We want other people to join our mission and become our allies in 100% soy-free chocolate. And um, the great thing is that people are already doing this. So we are number one market share in the Netherlands, um, and their biggest retailer is Albert Heijn. And they have um, a private label chocolate range called Delicata. And last year, they announced that they were going to switch their sourcing of their cocoa for Delicata and follow our sourcing principles. So they've become our first mission ally. And that's added, I think it's about 5,000 tons more cocoa um, going through our sourcing principles, which means that farmers are earning a living income. Yeah. They are um, you know, they they've got a five year contract with us. We that's a fully traceable supply chain. So we can really take responsibility for where the beans are coming from and going to. So that is what we're aiming for now in the UK to convince um other whether it be retailers or manufacturers or brands to source via our sourcing principles because that's the way we can make the most impact. Great.
1: Okay, that's really good. And also Um, so again slightly connected but um, with um, obviously getting it's a very very crowded market obviously the chocolate industry so how did you manage to get those very first listings um, in the UK in Sainsbury's and Whole Foods?
0: We are very lucky in that the brand was already established in the Netherlands and a lot of people travel through um, the Netherlands and have seen us and uh, know that we're number one there and you can't really kind of go to Amsterdam or some of the other biggest cities without seeing Tonys everywhere. So it just so happened that some of the chocolate buyers that we, we've met and people that we know were already fans of the brand. Yeah. Then when we started talking to them about bringing it to the UK, um, they most of them kind of jumped on it straight away, which is an amazing fortunate position to be in but it's also why we kind of held off launching in the UK until now and I think that consumers want more from their brands now we we're combining you know like you said in a crowded marketplace we're combining truly delicious chocolate with genuine ethics and our success is proof that there is a real gap in many consumer markets for that combination
1: what sort of marketing um, have you been doing and and what what types have been the most successful for you
0: Yeah, so we have, like you said, a no-paid media policy, no traditional above-the-line media, although we broke that once this year when we took out um, a full-page advert in a Dutch newspaper to lobby the government to um, put in place their version of our Modern Slavery Act. So we're not um, completely wedded to it when it's it's furthering our mission. But yeah, we don't do any above-the-line marketing or media in the UK. So first of all, our bar is our biggest um, marketing asset really like you said it's bright color packaging it tells our story on the inside of the wrapper the unequally divided pieces tell a story um and that is what we see people just actually we say share our chocolate share our story and people do they literally buy the bar for other people or mm-hmm. they um they share it with friends so that is our, our biggest marketing asset and then we do lots of sampling the chocolate is just so delicious that when people try it they have to buy it and then they have to it again and share it with other people. So sampling um, at events, at trade shows, at consumer shows, um, through social media. We do lots of weird and wonderful sampling activities, so that really works well for us. And then social media is is a great way for us to have a really direct um, conversation with our Choco fans and what we call our, our serious friends. We can literally talk straight back to them on direct message on social media and they can also share our message really easily on those channels so that's a really important one and then we've done some really cool kind of er experiential stuff Um, we did our free chocolate pop-up here in london in march when we arrived we do tony's fair in the netherlands which is um, a huge consumer event but also that we invite our customers our cocoa farmers our team to every november And then in the US this year, they have had the Choco Truck, which is this giant milk truck, grounded Tony's, that's been driving all around the US, telling people about slavery in the chocolate industry and kind of getting them to jump on board with our our mission uh, and to share our chocolate and share our story. And we also do a lot of PR as well to really get that mission and message across.
1: Brilliant. Great. Thanks very much. Tony's um, is now one of the best selling chocolate bars in, in the Netherlands. Do you feel that's actually possible to get to similar heights in the UK?
0: Yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, The UK chocolate market is huge, so we do have a long Mm. way to go. Um, But like I said, our ambition really would be that we grow large enough um, that retailers, government and other big chocolate companies had to really take notice of what we're doing and how we're doing things and that enough consumers are rallied behind our mission that they're asking their favourite chocolate brands what they're doing to make sure there's no illegal labor in their supply chains. And if we could just create enough noise and enough of an impact to get all of those key stakeholders to start doing something, that's actually a quicker way for us to make impact um, towards our mission. So number one market share isn't necessarily the goal for us here. Um, the, the, the vision of 100% slave-free chocolate is much more important.
1: Looking at your About Us page, I've, I've noticed that you, you all have fairly unusual job titles, including yours, Countess of Chocolate, which is a brilliant job title. Do you come up with your own job titles or, or do they get allocated to you over time?
0: No, so we actually have a little project group um, in the Netherlands that come up with everybody's Choco titles. When you join the company, you do a little um, questionnaire for Clink, our head of design and our kind of brand guardian. And he looks at that and then he also, um, yeah, talks to this little project group and they decide on your Tony's Choco title. And then you also get um, have a photo shoot to have your mug shot, which is your Tony's um, profile picture that also goes literally on your mug. <laughs> so we kind of believe at Tony's that everybody is unique as a person but also unique in the role that they're doing so if somebody else was doing my role they would be doing it in a different way and with a different approach so they wouldn't be the countess of cocoa they would be something different yeah um so yeah we always we all get unique titles and mug shots to reflect that uniqueness
1: great i love that who are some of the people that you personally find most inspiring in business and or in the food world
0: Oh, ah, that's, yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I'd say that B Corps, like um, Innocent and now and Nut kind of com- companies that you can see have built out of um, a, a founder that's just had a real passion or seen a real consumer need um, and then grown a really amazing business from that, but really kept true to themselves. Um, I find those really inspiring. And I just love things like Innocent's social media and their tone of voice the way they do things. We unashamedly steal with pride from um, some of what Innocent do because a lot of people at Tony's have come from Innocent, so there's little kind of crossovers in our culture. Um, And then another one I really like, I've been following since the start, is Olivia's Kitchen. She, um, Olivia Wallenberg, again, she's another example of someone who's really identified a true consumer need from her own need because she's got lots of food intolerances and then has – built a food business on social media, um, but just by being really authentic with her fans and, and kind of followers right from the start. Right. And then I'd say in the world of business, someone I really admire and follow is Mark Ritson, who writes for Marketing Week and is kind of marketing, I don't think he likes the word guru, but um, you know, marketing specialist. I love the way he cuts through the waffle of the marketing world. And I, I just find his Marketing Week column and his analysis always really refreshing.
1: The last few questions are ones that we tend to ask everybody them anyway because we just, like, can't we like hearing the answers to them. You are on a, a mythical desert island and you've got one ingredient that you can't live without so what would that be? And also if there was one dish type um that you could live on forever what would that be?
0: See, yeah, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking I kind of put salt and butter in everything, but you would have plenty of salt on a desert island, so I don't need to take that with me. Um, so I think it would have to be chocolate. I re- I am such a sweet tooth and a chocoholic, so I don't know if I could live without it. Um, and then in terms of my favorite dish, um, despite my accent, I'm actually Irish. All my family is Irish, but I grew up when I was younger in the, the UK, so I didn't really get the accent. But I love traditional home-cooked food so it would probably have to be my dad's roast dinner.
1: Yeah you don't sound remotely Irish. No. (laughs) (laughs) Have you found any particular advantages from being a woman in the food industry?
0: No, I'm actually really lucky that I've worked in some very balanced organizations. Diageo was very balanced. I worked for some amazing senior women as well as senior men. I learned so much from Um, and I've never, yeah, same in Tony's, I've never actually felt that my gender has been a benefit or a hindrance, Mm. but maybe actually that's just quite unique to the food industry and therefore I'm really lucky that I've had the advantage of, of working in this sector.
1: What's the biggest thing that you know now um, that you wish you'd known when you were, when you were younger? Or put it slightly different way, what, what, what are the things that you wish you'd told your younger self when you were starting out?
0: Mm, so I've got two. Um, one is advice that I just live by, that is my mum's advice, um, that's what's meant, what's meant for you won't pass by you. Um, I really like that one because I I really have always believed that if you just work hard enough and you try hard enough, What's meant for you won't pass by you, whether it's that exam or um, that job or, you know, sometimes things don't work out, but actually they end up working out better than you thought they would have done in the future. and, And that kind of hasn't failed me yet. So it's just a nice kind of mindset to have. And then my other one from my time at Diage when I first became an account manager and was really stressed about targets and doing really well is that it's just boxes, not blood. Mm. Um, A a senior account manager gave me that advice when I was really stressed and she said, Nicola, we are selling booze, we're not saving lives. And that has really stuck with me as, you know, yes, we we work hard and and we want to really achieve things. And especially in my job now, the mission is, is I'm so passionate about it there's absolutely no point in being stressed all the time yeah like perspective and prioritizing are really crucial to having a good work-life balance and making sure that you're your best at work but also at home so I I try and keep that in mind
1: Nicola thank you so much for your time today it's been really great talking to you (laughs)